You're listening to the My Digital Story podcast from Triangle Direct Media. I'm your host, Jason Gillikin, and on today's show, we talk to Anthem Sports founder Mark Ferrara about how he started the business, his biggest challenges, and how he's grown from a catalog company of himself and one employee to an e-commerce powerhouse with 20 employees. But first, just a quick plug about who we are at Triangle Direct Media. Since 2006, we have provided online marketing services, mostly to e-commerce stores, through search engine optimization and pay-per-click management. On the SEO side, we have analysts, developers, and content writers on staff for full-service SEO solutions. And we even developed our own technology called SEO Tool, which allows our analysts to quickly find all of the SEO problems with the website and get a roadmap in place so we can get to work on improving our clients' organic traffic and revenue. On the paid search side, we found that too many companies rely on automation or have done the set it and forget it thing. Our strategy is to continuously improve the client's accounts through real human analysis and action. If you feel like your paid search team isn't doing a whole lot for you, or your competitors are taking advantage of natural search and you're not, contact us today at 919-228-2475 or fill out the contact form at triangledirectmedia.com. All right, let's get to the show. Hey there, thanks for joining me on the My Digital Story podcast, the show where we hear from the online entrepreneurs about how they grew from a simple concept to a thriving business. We'll hear about their successes, sometimes their failures, and what challenges they face along the way. Today's guest is Mark Ferreira from Anthem-Sports.com, an online sports equipment retailer. If you go to their website, you'll see they sell equipment for just about any sport you can think of, baseball, basketball, lacrosse, softball, track, so they have quite a bit of selection and inventory. Mark started Anthem in 2002, but it wasn't exactly an online retail store then. We'll hear more about that in a second. For Mark, sports is in his blood. He grew up in Connecticut and comes from a sports family and a sports background. He played hockey, baseball, and football growing up, and he actually played football in college for Boston University, where he was a wide receiver. That team even made the Division I AA playoffs in 1984, so Mark got to play in that. Sounds pretty cool. After college, Mark went into sales for a high-end floor covering company for eight years, but then his dad asked him to join the family business. My family's business uh, manufactures sports equipment, uh, soccer goals, basketball hoops, uh, volleyball equipment. And so I did the uh, sales and marketing there for about eight years uh, before starting my own, my own company, Anthem Sports. Okay, okay, so your family was manufacturing all the products that you were about to sell. Correct. So, so when I started Anthem Sports, so we don't manufacture anything. We're just a distributor, and so uh, we sell uh, my family's products. It's J Pro Sports is the company, uh, in addition to many, many other companies' products as well. Okay. All right. So yeah. when you started Anthem, so there's no, there's no storefront, correct? Correct. We're strictly an online uh, retailer. So we have an office and warehouse. Uh, one one single location in Connecticut, and uh, but yes, no retail store at all. So 2002, online sales are just kind of getting started. Is that what you saw that there was an opportunity here to to sell things online? Uh, no, actually, at the time, I just saw an opportunity in the distribution market. Um, when I was at J Pro Sports in a sales and marketing capacity, we were looking for more customers to sell into the. Uh, institutional market, meaning uh, schools, parks and recs departments, youth leagues, and so forth. And uh, just saw an opportunity to create a new distributorship um, in that marketplace. 
And at the time, frankly, we weren't doing any online sales uh, and had barely any online visibility. We were marketing almost exclusively uh, through catalogs. Okay. Yeah. And I was looking at one of your first websites from the Wayback Machine, and it looks like there was an, an online form, but you know, not much else. Um, right. Very uh, archaic, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's always fun to go back to the Wayback Machine and see what the first websites look like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you, you're building up distributorship. Was it just you or did you have a team? Did you have partners? Did you have employees? How did that work? Yep. So, uh, so I'm the sole owner of Anthem Sports. Basically, I started with just one other employee, a very, very small had a very small office with basically a large garage for inventory. I think we joked our first order was for uh, a few whistles. <laughs> <laughs> we we joked that we weren't going to get rich on that one, but we've grown. Now we have about 20 employees and we're in a much bigger facility now, of course. So we started very, very small. Yeah. Uh, well, well, going back, was your family excited that you were going off on your own or were they upset that um, you're you're leaving the company? Yeah, so you know, as with with many uh, family businesses, things often run run their course, and so I think initially they were not happy that I was leaving, but I think once they realized that I was going to become one of their very best customers, I think they saw there was a mutual benefit to both companies. So it, it turned out to be very very good. Yeah, well, if they weren't happy, were you saying, well, I can use some other manufacturers? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, as, as I said, family businesses can be challenging, and we certainly, you know, had our share of challenges. But, you know, once we got through that initial period, it turned out to be very well, and uh, and we're, we're selling a lot of their products. I think we're probably, you know, one of their top customers in the country, and we and we try to support them as as much as we possibly can. Sure. So, when did you start transitioning to online sales then? Yeah, so we were actually uh, a little bit late to the party, Jason. We because my background was in catalog sales, we put most of our resources into designing, printing, and mailing catalogs. Okay. So initially, from you know 2002 to about 2008, we really just had a, a very basic online presence, and then obviously saw the trend uh, moving to online sales, and so we built our first e-commerce site in uh, 2008. Okay. And so going back a little bit from 2002 to 2008, are you growing then or are, are you kind of struggling? Were you seeing that, that catalogs were working or not? Or, or how did that work? Right. So um, I did have some good experience with catalog marketing. So we did grow pretty quickly uh, right out of the gate. But then we started to plateau because of the move to online sales. Right. So once, once I identified that, we started putting resources into, you know, a new website and so forth. So, but yeah, we were able to grow to a certain point through catalogs and then we started to plateau and then started moving into the digital marketing. Okay. So the, that first website, um, how did you build that one and what platform was it on? Right. So the platform is called 3D Cart. Uh -huh. I'm not even sure. I'm, I'm assuming they're still out there. Yep, they are. And so it was, you know, basically a, a very canned uh, software package that allowed us to get into online sales very quickly and relatively inexpensively. So we started with 3D Cart and then eventually started to outgrow 3D Cart. And recently, about two, two and a half years ago, we moved over to uh, Magento. Okay. Well, when you launched on 3D Cart, do you remember what your first sale was? You know what? I don't. I probably should know that. 
But uh, things were happening very fast at the time. But we were very excited to start doing online sales. It just obviously it gave us a reach that we could not get just through our catalog uh, mailings. Yeah. And and so did people start to buy online right away? They did. You know, we we were novices in digital marketing. I really had to kind of relearn how to be a, a sales and marketing professional because my experience was all in catalog marketing. We started very, very slowly getting into uh, pay-per-click marketing, which enabled us to get into it pretty quickly, and then slowly started adding resource to put into SEO, search engine optimization. Yeah. And then is that how people first started finding you was through pay-per-click or did people that had seen the catalogs already know who you were? Right. So we did, we did try to drive traffic from our catalog to the website. So we, of course, put our website all over the catalog. So I think initially a lot of people got the catalog and maybe out of convenience, then went online to place orders. Uh, we really didn't even start doing pay-per-click marketing for probably 12 to 18 months after we had the website. Okay. Now, do you still have the catalog? No, this actually, uh, 2018 was the very first year that we did not print any catalog at all. Oh, wow. That was kind of a big step for us. So you launched in in 2008. How long before it was like, it was 50% or more of the market was online sales versus the catalogs? Right. So it's it's a little hard to tell only because, again, some people received the catalog and then went online. But as far as where they actually placed their orders, I think we're we're a little bit unique in that we actually still do a lot of business over the phone. If you're going to purchase a bleacher or a soccer goal that might cost five, six, seven thousand dollars, a lot of coaches, athletic directors, or youth leagues want to talk to somebody before spending that kind of money online. Sure. So they'll find us online and then they'll call up and either request a quote or place an order over the phone. But uh, to get back to your original question, it was it was pretty quick. I mean, we we shifted business went to the website pretty quickly. And uh, I would say probably within, you know, 18 months, it was probably a 50-50 split. Oh, wow. That's fast. Yes. Yeah. And then, so like you've got, you mentioned some some of the bigger ticket items. You've also got very small items like, you know, football tees. What is your average order size? I mean, I'm. it's got to be a huge range, but is there an average order size that you have? Yeah, it's a, uh, so we do. We we have a really wide range. I mean, we some of our products get up into eight, ten. Uh, you know, we have uh, pole vault pits, for example, for track and field that get up into the fifteen thousand dollar range. Whoa. Um, but our our average order size through the website is around one hundred and ninety dollars. Okay. And then when you account for the phone sales, that number goes up to around four hundred dollars because again, the bigger ticket items are often placed over the phone. Yeah, and so are are some school districts buying like, you know, many pole vault pits at a time and, you know, many goalposts or, I mean, are, I'm, I'm guessing you, you place some just huge orders. The most common for the big ticket items is a, is a, a onesie order, you know, one pole vault pit, one bleacher, one pair of soccer goals. You know, occasionally we do get into uh, multiple purchases. If you have a, like a school district that needs to replace several items, we'll get larger orders like that. You know, our largest orders don't really get much over uh, forty or fifty thousand dollars, but we do occasionally get orders that large. Man, I, I bet you're high fiving each other when that happens. <laughs> we do. We we have a uh, we have a boxing bell in, in the conference room that we ring every time we get a an order over five thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Um, 
Do, do you know what your largest sale ever was? Largest sale ever, I, off the cuff, I think was around $68,000. Man, that's a lot yeah. of money in just one sale. Yeah, it is. And of course, we discount those you know, heavily. There are people spending that kind of money or looking to shop around and save money. So, so they're you know, lower margin orders, but they, they're, they're great orders to get. And we would take them uh, any day of the week. Okay. As you've grown the the online part of your business from you know two thousand eight to two thousand nineteen here, what's been your biggest challenge in in the business and in online sales? Yeah. So I I think it's it's similar to many other small businesses, which is uh, money. <laughs> you know we we've been we've been growing for the last three to four years. We've been growing anywhere between thirty and fifty percent. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, you need to build up your inventory. You need, you know, your receivables go up. And so just having the working capital to continue to invest in the website and digital marketing in general ha- has been the biggest challenge. When we moved our website over to the Magento platform, it was it was expensive and it continues to be expensive as we continue to improve the website, you know, improve conversion rate and user experience and so forth. So uh, it costs money to do those things, and when you're growing fast, it's it's hard for cash flow to keep up. Actually, we're we're probably slowing the growth down this year a little bit just to let the cash flow catch up a little bit. So cash flow is is definitely been the biggest challenge as we've been growing uh, pretty aggressively. So that's one that keeps you up at night. Um, yeah, you know, it it's probably the only source of stress I have, and and we've been able to manage it, you know, pretty well. But certainly, that's the one thing that that can cause some sleepless nights. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, like, are you sometimes having to borrow money uh, against inventory that you have? Yeah, so we're we're constantly, as we continue to grow, we're constantly going to the bank to look for working capital. Uh, and we, and fortunately, we've been able to do that as we've been growing, but we just keep continuing to grow fast. And so we're always needing more. That's where we're going to slow things down a little bit just to kind of reduce that, that pressure to yeah. constantly need loans for working capital. Yeah, but I guess if you have the inventory anyway, like and it, and you know you've you've got a history of of it selling, I'm sure the banks are like, yeah, this is this is fine. You know, they they uh, they pay us back. Yeah, yep, it definitely helps uh, for, for for products that you've sold in the past because you have that sales history, so you know how much inventory you know to order. Uh, the challenge is, and one of the ways that we've been able to grow is by adding new products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so unfortunately, you don't have a sales history for those new products, so you kind of have to take an educated guess. And, uh, you know, so if you add a new widget to the website, you know, are you going to sell two or are you going to sell 200 in the next 30 days? Right. And we don't always know that. So that's, you know, I, I have to say probably inventory management has been probably a close second as far as a challenge goes because because of that growth. Yeah. And so has the new Magento site, has that helped out at all with inventory management? Um, so we we are not utilizing uh, Magento to manage our inventory. Uh, we use other accounting software to do that. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But that software talks to Magento. So it, it so no, Magento hasn't helped at least um, so far in helping to manage inventory. Okay. And and talk about the transition. Did you go from 3D Cart to Magento then, um, or was there a transition in between? Nope, that was the the painful transition. <laughs> it, it it took you know uh, almost a full year, and it was you know it was a challenge. If, if we had to do it over again, we'd we'd do it a lot better. But uh, you know we were kind of learning uh, as we went along. We had a, a developer that helped us, but uh, there were there were challenges even still. 
Gotcha. And, and so talk about that challenge. Was it because of the of, of developing the new site? Was it because of inventory? Was it because of redirects? Like what were what were the biggest challenges with that? Yeah, the biggest challenges were to to get the website to to operate the way we wanted it to operate. Uh, the original developer that we used uh, probably was was not the best uh, for us, the best fit for us. We had, uh, you know, they had great references. They had designed very nice websites, but in hindsight, they weren't the best fit for us. And they had made, you know, several mistakes that took a, a lot of uh, time and money to correct. In hindsight, it wasn't the best fit for us, but we, we dealt with it. Yeah, that's always that's always difficult when you think yeah. you have the right vendor and then it just doesn't work out, um, you know, despite the, the references. And, you know, you just don't know exactly how it is going to work out. So what then, and maybe it's what you just mentioned, but, you know, over the years, um, you know, since 2002 to, to now, you know, what would you say is your biggest mistake that you've made as the, the owner of, of Anthem? I'd probably say... Um you know, trying to grow too fast without the proper working capital in place. Mm. Oh, I just heard the bell go off. Oh, that's good. There's <laughs> <laughs> a $5,000 plus order that just came in. Hey, maybe it was a record sale. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably be more hooting and hollering if, if that was the case. Yeah. Um, so, so does that make sense, Jason, though? Um, you know, growing too fast, you know, so I kept my foot on the gas pedal you know, for really, you know, three to four years. And it's, it's a challenge to grow that fast for that long without having a partner or an investment company or substantial working capital in place, because it just costs a lot of money to grow that fast. Sure. And so does that mean the consequences are you're hiring employees that, um, you know, sometimes don't work out because you're hiring so fast? Like, is that one of the, the bigger problems with that? Um, we, you know, we've actually had great luck with employees. We, we have very low turnover and very good, uh, hardworking, smart employees. The, the, the money is just, you know, it's having money for inventory. Gotcha. It's having money for new marketing initiatives. So SEO marketing, for example, you know, costs money to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and the payback, you know, SEO traffic, you know, takes a little bit of time to build up. So you don't get that immediate payback like you do with pay-per-click marketing. So investments like that, you know, new softwares, new plugins for our Magento platform. For example, last year, we um, added some automated uh, email marketing to our platform Okay. where, you know, you'll get a welcome email with a discount or coupon code. You know, those all cost money to add on and, and they range, you know, some of them are a one-time fee for a couple of thousand dollars. Others might cost 10 to $20,000 per year to mm -hmm. use their service, but they have payback. Um, even the Magento platform, we were we went from paying, you know, a few thousand dollars a year for 3D cart to over $20,000 a year for Magento. Wow. So it all costs money. Uh, every, every time you want to do something new or innovative uh, or even just to keep up with other companies in online marketing, uh, it just costs money to do it. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, to a degree, an arms race there. It absolutely is, and it's changing constantly. It's such a moving target, so um, it, it it's it's constant. It's just never ending, and that's just the way it is. Yep. You mentioned inventory, and I hear that on 
Shark Tank all the time, you know, the, the inventory issues and um, borrowing money off an in, of inventory. And, you know, I don't understand all of it. But speaking of Shark Tank, uh, I saw when I was Googling Anthem Sports that you were recently involved in a lawsuit with a, a company that was on Shark Tank called Under the Weather. What happened with that, that lawsuit? Yeah, so it's actually still ongoing. So I, I can't talk too much about it, but I can kind of give you an overview. And it, it's in in essence, we um, we found a product that Under the Weather uh, manufactured. Uh, we thought it was a good fit for our product line and started selling it. And we were very very successful selling it. And Frankly, this is like it, tents for um, for for bad weather, correct? Yes, these are these are small pop up tents that you could use in. in Poor weather; it keeps you protected from uh, the wind and rain and so forth. And basically, like and, for um, parents to watch game, their kids' games, right? That's definitely one of the one of the highest and best uses for it. Okay, absolutely. We started selling it, and um, and basically, the we were very very successful, and the company started increasing our price, and just kept increasing it and increasing it to the point where it wasn't feasible for us to sell any longer. Mm-hmm. So we parted ways. And we designed and developed our own product. We did it the right way. We hired a patent attorney, so we made sure we we didn't infringe on anybody's intellectual property. And in fact, we actually were just recently issued a patent on our own product. Oh wow! So that'll give you an idea of how how we did it the right way. But nevertheless, um, the the this company decided to um, threaten us with a lawsuit. And so we've been in litigation for um, almost two years now. And uh, fortunately, we're, we're hopeful that it'll come to an end soon. But um, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, geez. And I'm sure that's just a complete waste of money. Yes. <laughs> this one really was. We, we it could have been avoided. But some people are just very litigious. And uh, unfortunately, we ran into one. And it's it really just a big distraction. You know, time, money uh, that we could be used to... Uh, you know, to improve our website. Yeah. I mean, is there a light at the end of the tunnel sometime soon? We're, we're hopeful that there is, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like, and I know you can't comment too much, but it seems like since you had that patent issued, um, it's pretty cut and dry. You would think uh, that, that there's some other aspects to the, to the uh, lawsuit that get into um, trademark issues. So there are other aspects to it, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a big waste of time. <laughs> Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Um, and I and I think we're going to be um, we're going to come out you know successful in the end. I think everything you know really should go in our favor because frankly we just really didn't do anything wrong. We really tried to do it the right way, and hopefully that'll that'll pay dividends. Well, how does that work if you do win? Like they don't cover lawyer costs, do they? Or or, or am I wrong on that? So there's, there's, um, it really just depends on how you want to get to the end. You know, if you go, go all the way to a trial, it, there's, there are definitely avenues to recover uh, legal fees. Um, oftentimes, you know, the parties try to, to settle before you go that far. And uh, so it, it, then it just becomes a big negotiation. We're, gotcha. we're hopeful that we can just put it behind us. And that's how mo- most lawsuits end up is that, that big negotiation. Um, I, I think so. 
Yeah. Fortunately, we haven't been involved with too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not too many more after this. Jeez. Yeah, for sure. Well, you were mentioning your, your competition and, you know, that they um, are continuously improving their websites and improving their platform and email marketing and whatever else. And so you've, you've had to keep up with that. Um, now, you know, what would you say sets Anthem apart from your competition? Yeah, I think um, there's a couple of things. I mean, we um, we have spent a lot of time and money on our website, and we do get get many compliments about how user friendly it is. We have an online quoting plugin that allows a customer to request a quote through our website. Uh, that's, that's pretty unique in our industry. But I would say that the biggest way we separate ourselves from the competition is uh, our expertise, our product knowledge. You know, just to use the Amazon example, if, if you were going to buy a soccer goal from Amazon, try try calling them up and asking them a question about the <laughs> soccer goal. All right. Good good luck trying to talk to anybody that knows anything about the product. Yeah. But here you can call our 800 number and you can talk uh, for 15 minutes uh, about, you know, any aspects of a product that you're looking at and you'll get a knowledgeable person on the other end of the phone. If they don't know the answer, they know how to find it fast. And we've got a lot of experienced people working for us. So there's no question that's the biggest way that we separate ourselves. Wow. And so how do you, how do, you do that? Is it all in the training then? Like in, in making sure that your employees are knowledgeable of you know, pretty much every product? It is. One, one of our uh, core values uh, for our company is uh, be or become an expert. Mm. So, hey, look, we've got thousands of products. We don't expect you know, everyone to be an expert on every product. Uh, it's great if you are, but so if you're not an expert on something and someone asks you a question about it, then become an expert on it. Call the vendor, do some online research, talk to somebody else in the office that knows the answer to the question. So we we really value uh, that uh, tremendously. We ha- we do a lot of training for our employees. We have uh, vendors come in uh, to do training on their products. We'll do one-on-one training and we do group training as well. But it's it's a, it's a big deal for us, and so we put a lot of time and effort into it. Okay. Um, out of curiosity, what what sport category gets the the most sales? Yeah. So uh, it's it's always been uh, for us baseball and softball. Oh, okay. It's a very it's a very uh, they're very equipment intensive sports. You know, you have a lot of field equipment on a baseball and softball diamond. You've got a lot of personal equipment, you know, bats, gloves, helmet, batting helmets, backpacks, training aids, pitching mounds, bases, home plates. Uh, it, it's really a very equipment intensive sport or sports. So after that, you know, we do a lot of business with track and field, basketball, football, soccer, and volleyball. Those are our top sports for sure. Gotcha. Okay. And then, you know, you're based in New England. Are a lot of your sales centered around New England or is it the United States? Is it international? Like where are your your sales coming from? Yeah, so currently we do very little internationally. Um, That's a future opportunity for us. Yeah. And that that requires some website development work. But uh, no, we're a national company. So we obviously have a strong presence in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got dedicated salesperson to the local area, but, but we do business all over the country. And uh, if you're if you're searching for, you know, a volleyball net in Ohio or Texas or California, if we're doing our job, we're going to come up high on that search engine result page. And, and hopefully you'll, you'll click on us and, and buy from us. Yeah. And that's our job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, so over the years, you know, from starting the company in, in 2002 to 2019 now, what are you most proud of, Mark? 
you know, I, I'd have to say I'm, I'm just proud that that I've helped build a you know a really good company that people enjoy working at. Proud of the the growth and and the continued growth of our company. And you know, I just think there's a lot of pride that goes into creating a, a sustainable company that allows people a, a, to make a good living. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you said you had 20 employees now. Yes. Yep. Wow, that's great. And so what do your yeah. dad and two brothers think of, of Anthem now? You know, I think, um, I think we've, we've all got a really good relationship, uh, both personally and professionally. They're happy for our success. We do everything we can to help them be successful as well. So it's, it's a pretty good relationship at this point. All right. Well, great. Well, I think that's all I've got for you, Mark. Um, any, uh, anything else that you wanted to, to add to, to put on the show here? Specifically with regard to where we go from here marketing-wise, you know, we've, as I mentioned, we've always focused almost exclusively on pay-per-click marketing, which can be expensive. And, you know, we're very, very excited to, to continue uh, working with Triangle to uh, improve our SEO marketing. And I have to say, it's been a learning experience for me. There's really, you know, kind of two big aspects to it. There's the, the technical aspect that I never realized how much went into this, you know, the way the, the website is built from a technical standpoint. And then, of course, there's the content marketing that everybody knows good content drives traffic. So we, we've really, I think it's been uh, over a year, year and a half now, and we're very excited about the progress uh, that we're seeing on the SEO side. I think our organic traffic last year was up over 30% year over year, which is pretty exciting stuff. So That is exciting. And yeah, it's, it's something that's long-term too and not as expensive as pay-per-click can be anyway. But you're right with, with the architecture part of it. And Magento is a pretty good SEO-friendly platform, but out of the box, it's not as SEO friendly as, as you would expect it to be. And so there's a lot of work that needs to go into it to make sure that it is SEO friendly. And, you know, the content part of it, you know, Google likes that fresh and neat content. So yeah, SEO can be a challenge, but you know, again, that's, that's why we're here. Yep. And that's, and that's really the, the big opportunity for us moving forward. So, uh, so we're, we're very uh, excited about it. Yeah. And we've enjoyed working with you uh, as well, Mark, and we're excited to, to keep going with this. Great. Um, Thanks a lot, Jason. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Mark. You can see Mark's website at anthem-sports.com and you can follow the company on social media as well. It's at Anthem Sports with no dash on Facebook and at Anthem underscore sports on Instagram. Or you can check them out on YouTube as well where they have product videos on a bunch of their equipment, including the pop-up tents that are involved in that lawsuit that Mark mentioned. And thank you for listening. Like Mark said, marketing your website can be very difficult but also very rewarding if you find the right vendor. So if you're looking for help with your online presence, we'd love to connect with you. Fill out the contact form at triangledirectmedia.com and we'll set up a time to chat. Until next time, I'm Jason Gillikin, and you've been listening to the My Digital Story Podcast. Podcast.